Welcome. Thank you, everyone, for joining us. This is Parsha on Thursday nights on Sinai Radio, SinaiRadio.com, and the Sinai Radio app. I am Rabbi Moshe Teichman, and this is Parsha's Bishalach. Now, before we jump into Parsha's Bishalach, as a free uh, teaching to this class, this, this tonight's shir, I'd like to go back to Parsha's Devarim. Save for Devarim. And in Sefer Devarim, we talk about Moshe and Moshe's punishment of not being able to enter into Eretz Yisrael. And HaKadosh Baruch Hu tells him, no, you cannot enter. And at one point, Moshe davins to Hashem, begs HaKadosh Baruch Hu, please let me in. Farshim tells us that he davened and he davened and he davened and he davened and eventually HaKadosh Baruch Hu told him to stop. Stop davening. Stop. Obvious question is, why did Moshe have to stop dominating? And the answer that has told us, and I think we, we spoke about this a few months ago, the answer that has told us by the Mephorshim, the Chazal, is as follows. Tefillah has superpowers. HaKadosh Baruch Hu opens his side of Merachim, his compassion, when it comes to Tefillah. And Tefillah from a tzaddik like Moshe Rabbeinu has a tremendous impact. Even to be okay with the Gezerah, take away the Gezerah, take away HaKadosh Baruch Hu saying, hey, Moshe, you can't come to Eretz Yisrael. It would have the ability to arouse the compassion of Hashem against the din, against the judgment, and to allow Moshe to go into Eretz Yisrael. Wow! How powerful is tefillah? Now keep that in mind. Keep that in mind, how powerful tefillah is that Moshe Rabbeinu had to be stopped from davening. Keep that in mind when we get into this week's Parsha's Parsha Peshalach. Because if you have that in mind and you have that fully understood, how powerful our tefillos, Moshe's tefillos, our tefillos are, then you should be scratching your head at this week's Parsha. And when I look at this week's Parsha, and it says, Vayomar Hashem Moshe, in Pasuk Tezvav, in Perik Yudalim, and the Jews are running away from Paro, and now they've come to a stopping point. They've come to the Yamsuf, and they're stopped there. And then comes Paro, and Paro in his chariots running after B'nai Yisrael for one final hua. It's like Paro didn't have enough, you know? It's like the, the guy who gets knocked down over and over in, in, in a round of boxing, you know? And finally, like, gets up, blood all everywhere, and it's, okay, let's go, one more, you know? Paro does that. Paro gets up after being told, after, after being shown the Gvura. You know, remember we spoke about a few weeks ago that Paro said a statement, who is this Hashem? What power does he have? I have my own gods that are powerful. And that statement, those three things, these three points that he made were answered during the Makos over and over and over again. Who is Hashem? He's Echad. And he's dear. And he cares about his children. And he's going to take them out. And he did. So now what happens? Paro's going to chase after Moshe with his chariots and his horses. We'll talk about the horses a little bit later. And he comes. The Jews are stopped between the Yamsuf and the Mitzrayim. Now the Mitzrayim are not really hurting them because the arrows come in. We know the story of the Amur Aran. We know the cloud is blocking any arrows from coming in. But Neus are all out of panic. A, a sort of like, what are we supposed to do? 
And what happens? Well, they do what you're supposed to do. They go to Moshe. Moshe goes to HaKadosh Baruch Moshe starts davening. So the Jews daven too. Moshe was davening. Moshe davened to Hashem. Moshe, Moshe, this is before, you know, what we spoke about in the beginning. But Moshe already knew how powerful tefillah was. So that's what Moshe did. He cried to Hashem. And guess what happened? Right? Hashem told him, stop davening. <laughs> Same thing as my devarim. <laughs> does this often. He says, Moshe, stop davening. But this is for a different reason. Not because Hashem over there, or later on, it's because if you continue davening, I'm going to have to listen and I don't. And it's, it's goes, you shouldn't go into Eretz, you shouldn't go into Eretz Israel. But over here, it's Moshe, stop davening. Loma titzaki lai. Why are you crying to me? Dabriel b'nei Yisrael v'yisau. Speak to the Jews and let them go. V'yisau, let them travel. Um, where? Where do you want me to go? There's the sea. Well, obviously, Kodesh Baruch Hu meant, go to the sea. So, Rashi explains, according to one Mepharish and Rashi, that he said to him, that now is not the time to, our, to, to Tavin, when the Yisrael, the Bnei Yisrael are in pain. Um, isn't that the time I'm supposed to Tavin? Now, if you take into understanding how powerful the full tefillah is, wouldn't that be, wouldn't that what anyone be doing? Well, obviously Moshe did it. Wouldn't that, isn't that what you're supposed to be doing? You know, <laughs> I'm supposed to be dominating, right? Bad news. We did everything we can. We're by the sea. We can't go any longer. Can't go anywhere. Well, Hashem's telling Moshe to jump into the, rely upon miracles. To say, to, to, to rely upon a miracle, jump into the water, Hashem will save you. Is that what Hashem is telling Moshe? That can't be. It's a concept. You're not supposed to rely upon miracles. So what's going on over here? What's going on? I think the answer is very clear. I think the answer is, is a little eye-opening. The answer is Hashem wasn't telling him not to daven. Hashem wasn't telling him that davening is not powerful. Davening is powerful. You can't argue with that. And Hashem wasn't telling Moshe that he didn't do enough ishtalot. He did. Where was he supposed to go? What Hashem is telling Moshe in the mindset... The entire time in Mitzrayim. Now, if you look at Parsha's bow, last week's Parsha, you'll see that whenever he tells Moshe, besides one time, he tells Moshe to go to Paro, or two times, I think, but it, it's a different context. He tells Moshe to go to Paro. He does, the Torah does not use the word lech, which means go. He uses the word bow, which means to come. Shem is telling Moshe, come, come to Paro. I'm here. I'm going to go with you. Or I'm already here by Paro. Don't worry about it. I got you. Moshe fully, and I think Hashem's telling Moshe a new understanding. I am completely 100% with you. I got it. I'm going to take care of it. Lama Titsakilai. You davened. I heard you. Now it's time to think outside the box. When I could have sparkled, when you really feel that Hashem is with you, and you really know that in Moshe Rabbeinu and the Jews believed 100 billion percent that Moshe was with him, that Hashem was with them, then jumping into the water is not crazy. If your level of emunah and betachlin is so high that you fully understand Hashem, then doing something outlandish like that is not crazy. It's what you're supposed to be doing. Now, it's very hard for us to, to learn from this because we're not at that level. We're not ready. We didn't see the makos. But I think we could learn an idea, a, a concept that I think I know is true.
Sometimes we say we can't, or we tried all every avenue, and tefillah is a spo- we're supposed to daven, 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 and daven some more. But then go try something else. Go think outside the box. Go try more. I can't. Sometimes you can. And that is a lesson that we could take to heart. We could see, you know what? With any issue we're dealing with, if we fully bring ourselves to believe that Hashem, build up our betachon and our to believe in Hashem fully, 100%, He is with us at all the time. And we are, we're with, He's with us. Then we should be able not to do something crazy in our own lives. Don't, 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 don't so I'm not giving you right to go do something nuts, but I'm saying to try something different, try something new, push something, think outside the box. If the Kodesh Baruch who's with you, then he'll help you. Obviously, don't risk everything. B'nai Yisrael are on a different level, they're in a different idea, a totally different situation than we are in. Sometimes that's what's called for. Okay. I want to go on. A little bit later in the Parsha, um, we, have in a, we have an episode where after the sea splits, sea splits, amazing, most, most amazing miracle, says the Gemara Loi Ra'ah, the greatest Navi did not see what a Shifcha saw. What a child saw, what a regular person saw, but the nevuah that they saw by the amazing miracles that they saw, amazing, wow, mind-boggling. I can't even wrap my hands around it. But I don't know the last time that I stuck my hand into, like you know, my sink, you know, and I pour, pour it out. You know, you know, I walked into my uh, my backyard and have some flooding going on in the backyard, and it becomes a big pond. I don't know the last time I walked by the pond and it split for me, you know? <laughs> Let alone nice and dry. Usually I usually step into it and my boots are full of mud afterwards. It's not, a, it's not natural. And it's amazing how Kodesh Baruch made such a miracle. So, after the sea split, the Jews are on the other side. Mitzrayim are done for. The water's poured on them. Now, there's, it's actually by the shot. I was very proud of my uh, two boys. I have a boy who's seven and a boy who's eight. Um, and they were arguing, you know, by the supper table tonight on whether or not Paro survived the, um, the, the um, I was about to say the mobble, but <laughs> the Kriyas Yamsev, whether well, Paro came out there. So there is an opinion that Paro did come out on the other side, but nevertheless, no one survived besides maybe you want to say Paro, but the Jews, every single Jew made it through. And now <clears throat> they are on the other side. And what does the Torah tell us? The Torah tells us, that it's very easy, relating the Shabbos, to just glance over it. Because it almost seems like a non-important detail. Because we just had Ad Yasher, right? In Ashkenazi shuls, they sing it in a special tune. I, I don't know what they do in, in Svari Beit Knesses. I'm sure they do the same thing. They do it maybe in a different tune. But if not, the Svari laning is so beautiful anyways. So they don't need a special tune. But e- either way... <laughs> I'm not implying that Ashkenazi lading is not nice. Just if you ever heard a real, true Sephardi with a beautiful voice, Delane, it's just gorgeous. At least that's that's what I think. Um, <clears throat> now, the Azusher is over. They sing Azusher. Miriam and the woman on one side, the, the, the men on the other side, singing and dancing and praising Hakadosh Baruch Hu. 
Vayisa, Vayasa, Moshe as his soul, Miyam Sof, and Moshe led, or, or, I guess almost pulled <laughs> to Bnei Yisrael away from the Yamsuf. Moshe had to tell them, "Let's go." You know. Now I went to a baseball game with my my children in the summer. I went to a minor league baseball game, and after my my, my children are very into baseball. And after baseball, after the minor league baseball game, we were in the parking lot. All of a sudden, like you know, fireworks. It was that night, and it was so late. My kids needed to go to sleep. And my, my, my eight-year-old's peeled, his eyes peeled to the sky watching fireworks. Like, I had to pull him. Let's go, let's go. Moshe had to pull the Bnei Yisrael away from Pyrrhus Yamsev. Why? Did they want to continue the journey? They knew Matan Torah was happening. They knew they had an inkling, according to some of our that, that, that HaKadosh Baruch who took them out of Mitzrayim, not just to take them out of Mitzrayim, but to make them his people. They knew there was an idea of getting a, a Torah, of getting becoming HaKadosh Baruch people. So why were they waiting by the Yamsuf? I would have ran. Were they watching? Could they not believe their eyes? Is that what happened? That's not what Rashi says. Rashi tells us that he took them at Baal Korcham. He took them against their will. They did not want to go. Why? Well, let's go back to the horses. When Paro went with his chariots, he brought his horses, his chariots, and they were laden with gold. You ever saw the pictures from the fancy, you know, Romans and, and, and all the history books that show you the, the chariots with gold, and that's what it was, gold. And they brought their fanciest, most elegant chariots. Paro was, was sure he was going to win. He went out with, with force. To intimidate them, look what we're bringing, not just our regular soldiers, our fancy, our best. Paro at the head. You know, whatever war cry he was screaming out, you know? And, uh, you know, it brings to mind, you know, the Maccabee during Hanukkah when, you know, they say that, that, that they, the war cry was, Mi Hashem Eli, whoever's from Hashem, come with me. You know, I wonder what Paro's war cry was. Oh, why am I doing this? I'm not sure. This is a bad idea, Paro. You know, um, uh, you really want to start up with God? Yeah, let's start up with God, um, Paro. You know, I, I don't know. I always wanted to know what his advisors, you know, at least at the end, said to him, like, Paro, you think this is a good idea? <laughs> Do you really want to go chase after people that we just throw out because they almost killed everybody? <laughs> like, do we really want this? <laughs> It's like almost as a kid, we used to like chase, uh, don't ask why we did this, but in the bungalow colony um, in upstate New York, little cottages, you know, if anyone doesn't know, now from New York, doesn't know what bungalow colonies are, um, little tiny rundown college, some of them are really nice, but mine was a little bit on the used side, and my parents had a nice one, but, you know, <clears throat> um, I think the one that they originally had burned down, so they built a new one, something like that. Um, Berkshire, everyone was okay. I think it was before I was born. And there was a the cottage, little cottages. And we used to like hunt. Don't ask me why we did this. Me and my friends when we were younger. We used to like go after the skunks. So whenever we saw a skunk, we used to like follow it. I don't know what we were thinking. But that's a lot like Paro in this one. Like, what are you doing? You're chasing after a skunk. I mean, much worse. You're chasing after the Israel. You just threw them out. You don't want them there. So what are you doing? And, um, and Paro brings his chariots, his gold. Let's go back to the territory. brings his chariots, his gold, his everything. And he comes after the Bnei Yisrael. And then they get stuck in the Yamsuf. And then they all drown. And now, washed upon the beach, is all 
the gold that was on the chariots. And Rashi tells us, based upon a medrash, there was more, there was more gold than there was on the Yom, than there was in Mitzrayim. They were collecting, the Jews were collecting all the gold and all the silver. That's what they were doing. That's what they were busy doing. And what was Moshe doing? Let's go. We got to go. Hashem commanded us to keep continuing going. Let's continue going. And they were there collecting. Rashi says Moshe had to sort of force them. You know, let's go, guys. Come. What, what is that? You know, I once went to a baseball game with a friend of mine. And at, after like the sixth inning... He got bored, and he's like, okay, we're leaving. <laughs> he obviously doesn't know me so well. I'm like, no, I just paid a full price for this ticket. I'm staying till the end, you know? I don't care if the score is 175. You know, it could have been to zero, and it was a Mets game. Um, but, um, you know, <laughs> but I'm staying till the end. And he had to pull me. Let's go, let's go, come on, I want to go, I want to go. I think I left, like, the beginning of the eighth to make him happy. I think I was driving him. That was part of, the, part of why he wanted to go. Um, but either either way, what what's going on over here? What were they doing so wrong that Moshe had to pull them away from it? Rashi doesn't really tell us. Um, but I think I saw somewhere. I'm trying to find it. I can't find it right now. Oh, the Kliyucker. That there's like a limit. I think so. I think that's what the Kliyakar. I have to, can't find it right now, but I saw somewhere that to explain this Rashi that there's a limit. Kodesh yes. Because you can ask a question. Didn't Hashem himself tell them to go collect all the things from, you know, the Mitzrayim? Didn't Hashem tell them, hey, go, go collect all the money by Machas Choshech, go knock on the doors, collect different stuff, and then when you leave, you'll take it with you? Because Hashem wanted them to leave, leave like he promised Avram that they should leave Yibar Chosh Gadol. Didn't he tell them to go to... So why, what's wrong with them collecting the money now? So I think the, and the answer probably is Hashem didn't tell them to collect it. Hashem told them to keep going. And you know, enough is enough. They have. You have a lot. And Hashem, Moshe did not want the Bnei Yisrael to get, you know, get full of themselves. To like, oh, look how wealthy we are. They have wealth. You have what you need. Keep going. And the first that I saw, I don't remember where I saw it. I'm trying to look at it now in the Chumash, but I can't find it. You have to rely upon my memory. It says that, that this is part of what led to the Eagle Hazav. Because they had so much gold. And they became sort of like, you know, confident in their wealth. And that led them to do Averos. It's interesting to note that this is not the same, this attitude of like, you know, Getting whatever we can, I have to get more, 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 was not an attitude that Moshe had. When Bnei Yisrael were getting the visa, when Bnei Yisrael were getting all the, all, all the gold before they left Mitzrayim, what was Moshe doing? Now, I skipped over this at the beginning of the parsha, but what did Moshe do? Says the Pasuk, Moshe brought the Atzmos Yosef with him. Moshe brought, brought along the bones of Yosef, because Yosef made the Bnei Yisrael promise, swear, that they would take him out of Mitzrayim. That they would take his body out. When they got, they got redeemed. He knew that they wouldn't be allowed to leave, take him out while the Bnei Yisrael was still in Mitzrayim. So he said, wait till the, when you guys leave, take me with you. So Moshe went to go do that. 
Rabbeinu Mechai says, When the Yisrael busy collecting all the money, borrowing all the silver and gold that they found during Machas Roshach, like Hashem told them to do, and they were busy borrowing the Kesavazov. Moshe was busy in the Bar Mitzvah, in doing mitzvahs. Again, it's a mindset. What is the most important thing to me? Is the most important thing to me Torah mitzvahs? Or is the most important thing to me to get more and get more? That's the question. Not that it's not important to have a parnasa. Not that it's not important to make sure your family's fed. But when it comes to bizas, to extra, what is the more important? And I think Moshe had the, Moshe had the attitude of Torah mitzvahs, like we find from this Rebbein Bukhai. That's when, after the Yom, Moshe thought clearly and said, hey, this is not what we're supposed to be doing. And the Bnei Yisrael didn't think clearly. These are just, even after seeing all these great miracles, it was ingrained in them to, let's go get more gold. What's the gold's there? Let us take it. Why not? Whereas Moshe had ingrained in him, no, we're not supposed to do this now. We have to go to Harsinai. Let's go. Torah mitzvahs. Before Hashem told you to do it. Now He's not telling you to do it. Now He's telling you to go to Harsinai. Let's go get the Torah. And He had to pull them out. Because sometimes it's hard. And we have to and be able to have the right mindset. Set ourselves down. Of course Parnasa is important. Of course having f- food for our families. And having extra money to do what we need to do. To give Sadaqah. To be able to help those in need. Is important. But what our focus should be is on Torah mitzvahs. And even if we spend most of our day at work dealing with matters of money, because that's what we need to do. A grown family or this is what I need, this is what I need to do. This is what Hashem gave me as my job. But if our mindset is, our mindset is, Torah mitzvahs is the most important thing, then we will find times and when the, the time comes, we will make the right decision to do what's best for Torah mitzvahs. Later on in the Parsha, we see this concept again. It says in Pasuk Yutes, Perik Tezai in Pasuk Yutes, they just got the man. The man is going to come down. Amazing miracle. You think Kriyas Gamsov is enough? I'm going to make, Hashem is going to make food appear from Shemayim. Amazing nutrient, nutrient, nutritious food. Don't leave out more from that day. There's going to be more coming tomorrow. Just take what you need. Don't leave it out. If it's done, throw it out and zehu. There are people who did not listen to Moshe. And they left it there. We see there was dust and avirim according to Rashi. And worms came. Okay. It got all gross and ichi. <laughs> As my son said, ichi. I love that word. I love kids' words. Ichi. No. There's nothing more adult than saying the word ichi. Four times on a podcast. Um, so uh, it's, it's, it's interesting to know. What, what are they doing? What are they leaving this out? What are they leaving out? out, out? Like Moshe said, don't worry. There will be, dude, be tomorrow. It will come tomorrow. And it's just, you know, I was looking at this passage. Didn't make two cents to me. Wait, 
you know, there are, there are troublemakers. There are people who just do things for fun. But, but, but why would they, you know, Hashem, just very simple, it's a very simple command. Don't leave it out. They weren't children. They were adults. They were adults who just saw Kriyas Yamsef. Don't you just saw the Ten Makos. They know Hashem's power. Why wouldn't, why would you leave it out until morning? And maybe, maybe Peshat is, maybe, that the attitude that they had was the same attitude they had when Moshe had to pull them away from the Yamsef. Take whatever you can. I might not have tomorrow. Take, 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 take. And that affected them. And they couldn't, they couldn't stop themselves. And when it came time for the month, they left, they took it. And they didn't want to, you know, they wanted to say, well, I'm not going to have tomorrow. I need as much as I can. I need more, I need more, I need more. And perhaps this idea of I need more and I need more, I need more, is exactly what we need to convince ourselves that's not true. Of course we need. I'm not saying we don't. We need to take care of our families. We need to do our stylus. We need to do our, our due diligence first. Can't rely upon miracles. But at the same time, we have to understand and know that Hashem is going to take care of us. In the same way, the same way, the most are focused on Torah mitzvos. That should be our focus. And hopefully that was Zichos. We'll see the Abiyas Gol Meher Vimenu. The third base, something just as quickly as possible. Have a wonderful Shabbos and a great next week. We'll look forward to seeing, to hearing, uh, uh, I guess, to speaking to you next week. Um, if you have any questions, comments, just to say hi or uh, sponsorships, you want to sponsor this podcast, please, this uh, share, please email me at rabbi mteichman at gmail.com. Again, it's rabbi, R A B B I M as in Mary. T-E-I-C-H-M-A-N. Rabbi M. Teichman at gmail.com. And you have a wonderful week and a wonderful Shabbos. And we will see you here. Parsha on Thursday nights on Sinai Radio, Sinai Radio.com and Sinai Radio app.